Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 36. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back. What's going on? Had a lot of fun with some Apple TV stuff. We'll get to that a little bit later. How about you? What's going on with you? Uh, I don't know. Often I've been off and on in kind of review hell over the past week. There's an app that that uh, we mentioned in the podcast before that you and I worked on. Uh, it had a Facebook component. Uh, Facebook rejected it for no apparent reason. Uh, and then Apple rejected it as well for another dumb reason. So it's just kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. Is the Android version live? No, the Facebook review is still not resolved, so oh. I, I think we're probably just going to end up pulling the Facebook functionality from it. It's probably going to be the... That would kind of make it... Less Windows? useful. Yeah, yeah, you might, yeah. You might hit a different rule from Apple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that like that one that Daniel Jelka ran into. Yeah, so... The the rule that's bugging me the most lately, though, is I think it's like rule 11.3. Apps that link to external mechanisms for purchases or subscriptions to be used in the app, such as a buy button that goes to a website to purchase a digital book, clearly designed for Amazon, will be rejected. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it seems like they're way too overzealous in their application of this rule. Uh, it seems like the goal is to like, stop people from having stores where you buy stuff uh, and Apple gets none of the money. But so like for this app we have, we had a like a become, there's a more information become a member link and you can go to a page where you can sign up and, and pay money to become a member uh, for it, for a nonprofit organization, um, which I don't know, makes it feel even more annoying. Yeah, I think the... Doesn't Apple waive a lot of the fees or a certain percentage of the fees if you're a non-profit for that kind of stuff? I've never heard about that. But it's it's yeah. more of a... Even just a feasibility of hooking up to whatever system they have to use that to, to route it through Apple. It's not something that we could even do, so... I think right, in the end, that, we're just going to end up just removing the button. Yeah. So that'd be, we're probably just going to end up removing that button as well. So kind of annoying. Um, but another app that I saw that ran into this rule this week, and they were they were being kind of vague about it, is the uh, Plex app for the new Apple TV. We can talk about more Apple TV stuff a little bit later, but um, they've gone through three rejections, and one of them that they mentioned is uh, an obscure rule for linking out to a website is the reason that they got rejected. I've got to imagine that that this is it because uh, kind of I was talking about how they're overzealous about this rule. If you link to the website at all, even if it's like to an About Us page or like some some other page, it just has information on it, but you can still go and buy something on that page. Uh, Apple is known to just say, nope, you got to not have that link in there. And I've got to imagine that's that's what that specific rejection for the Plex app was about. Um, but I've seen other reports of, of people who ran into the same issue. And it just seems like, I don't know, they need some, some more leniency or something on this stuff. I'm not sure what the answer is because I see Apple doesn't want everyone to just like completely bypass the App Store, but... I'm sure Apple would take the position that it's confusing for the end user if there's more than one mechanism to buy or it I don't know. It seems like <laughs> you know, it's less about the money, at least, you know, from the way they try and position it, it's more about making it intuitive for the user and not having too many options or redirect them to another place to spend money that may or may not be legit. If it was really just a, yeah the user thing, then then they should be fine just looking out to a website that 
that you can just do the purchase in that one place. But it's the same problem with like Kindle books and and say the comic books from Comicsology and all kinds of other Amazon books or Amazon right. properties, where they'd love to sell it to you right in the app, but they don't want to give Apple that thirty percent cut. Right. Yeah, and I think there's probably a component of that where Apple doesn't necessarily want to create a platform for selling their competitors' content, at least not without getting a piece of it. Yeah, and I definitely see it from their side. I just am annoyed because I got burned by it for a nonprofit, no less. It just seems shady, but most of those reasons make sense. I'm mostly just whining, although I think they, like I said, they go a little bit overboard trying to enforce it if it's like you have to tap five links to get to the page where you can buy the thing on their app yeah and i definitely think there's services where apple is actually making it more difficult for the user you know like audible is a good example where you have a subscription-based service and i'd like to just be able to buy books with my credits in the app but instead i've got to go to the website right yeah it's the same i mean it's the same as just buying stuff in the in the app yeah it's a yeah it's it's that amazon thing they don't want to give up their that cut not just the cut it's the they don't it's the fact that they're a direct competitor probably as much as anything else amazon you know pulled the apple tv from their store for similar reasons And and the Chromecast. And the Chromecast, yeah. I think what we need, I think I've come up with a solution. We just need no one to buy any more Android phones so Apple has a monopoly, and then they won't be able to do that crap. And then we'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's that's why the Android people are out there poisoning our economy. Yeah. Although that is the, I mean, that's the kind of bad counterpoint to why they shouldn't be allowed to do this. It's a monopoly, obviously... You need to have the majority to be a monopoly. And I see people bring that up sometimes with other rules, like they shouldn't do this. This is monopolistic behavior. But I guess that's the benefit of, you know, having competitors like Android for Apple is that they can really do whatever the heck they want as far as business practices are concerned. Yeah. And I mean, what's our alternative programming in Java? Um, there were rumors a few months ago that Apple was going to start waiving that 30% for certain content-based applications. I don't think that's ever happened, but yeah, you know, like the Netflix and the Hulus. Yeah. Um, which I perfectly don't. I would be perfectly fine with that. I don't really care if Apple gets a piece of that or not. You don't care about it until it's your your cut that they're getting, though. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, right. you know, if Apple wants to waive it for them i just, i would just hope that they do that evenly if you if you know a small smaller business was providing digital content in a similar fashion to netflix or hulu i would hope they'd waive the 30 percent for them as well yeah because i have some clients that provide video and and other types of content uh, through their application and it's always been this dance between what can we do what can't we do um, sometimes Apple lets things get through and sometimes they reject it. And, um, it's just not always consistently enforced. Yeah, my favorite thing that skirts the line that I've seen lately is, you were talking about Audible, how you can add things to your wish list and they have a, a <laughs> way to browse stuff, but you can't actually like buy it from within the app. So yeah, maybe everyone just needs a wish list in their app. <laughs> And then, like a little winky face, like wish list. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Now, Audible does have a really good web app now that you can purchase books fairly quickly, so it's Still, not as painful as it could be. The whole process of actually having to go out to a whole other app, when the Comicsology app removed in-app purchases, for me, it it killed the whole experience, and I I don't read as many as I used to. Well, and, you know, you take that app and move it over to the Apple TV where you don't have web views or a browser, uh, you're pretty much forced to go down the Apple path at that point or force your user to go to a completely different device to buy content. 
Maybe that was their secret plan all along with the no web kit. Yeah. Well, yeah. we see uh, UI web views and WK web kit uh, deprecated in the future on iOS. <laughs> that, that seems like a harsh. harsh. Yeah. Yeah, not likely. <laughs> I can't see that happening, but I have seen like lots of people who mentioned in, in Twitter that uh, Apple wasn't just like, oh, let's not put web views in. That was a very intentional decision for uh, tvOS, whether it was for just making sure things were new UIs or, or what. But yeah, that, that certainly has something to do with it, or could, I imagine. So what else is new with you guys? Enough about me complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I did pick up an Apple TV for my downstairs TV. It's uh, I ordered it in the app on about 12 o'clock on Friday and picked it up on my way home from work. And they had a lot of ones there waiting for people to buy. They had a bunch of them in drawers that had people's names on them. So I definitely think they were moving. I'm sure. Yeah, I wish I wish I would have waited like you because I ordered them when they became available to to pre-order. And did not, I don't think I even saw the option for expedited shipping as I was checking out in the app. So, uh, mine still has, is yet, yet to ship, but I've already got one. So unless I'm going to be trying to watch two at once, I can wait a little bit longer. I'll survive. The, uh, <laughs> I bought two additional Apple TVs, one for home and one for work. And one of them got lost in transit. It was supposed to arrive on Saturday disappeared Pretty somewhere impressive. in between there and uh, got an email from Apple saying it was lost and they would send me a new one. You didn't even know it was lost yet. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. Well, I saw an order go through for $0 for an Apple TV and I thought that was kind of weird. And then an hour or two later, I got the email that my previous order was lost and I don't think I was the only one. I mean, in fact, Argo, your yours might have been lost along with mine maybe a whole batch of them were lost yeah i wonder if there's some like truck full of apple tvs in the midwest that someone hijacked or something <laughs> a couple <laughs> couple days ago and they've covered it up pretty well but yeah it'd be kind of an odd thing to to steal well, maybe they thought it was iphones and they were like ah <laughs> oh, crap it's just a bunch of apple tvs <laughs> yeah i have an uncle that works for one of those uh delivery people companies. who steal stuff <laughs> No, no, but he, he works for one of those uh, companies. I'll, it'll rename Nameless, but they usually deliver Apple products. And uh, he was saying that there's a lot of theft of phones that happens every year. That Every year Apple comes out with a new phone. And the carriers actually don't care that much because they make the money on the devices being activated and used. So... They don't care if somebody steals a, an iPhone and pockets it because they're going to make more money in the long run anyway. Because someone's going to activate it even though they've stolen it. Yeah. Yeah. For a second Unless there, I was going to be like, so if I need some bad thing to get done, sounds like Sam's uncle is the guy to go to, but no. <laughs> <laughs> nah, at least not as far as I know. Okay. Maybe it's all a front. <laughs> yeah. If you have a big delivery truck and you need it worked on, he can help you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we did actually get the App Store uh, on the Apple TV a couple days ago, uh, earlier last week. Yeah, that was a bit of a pain because I kept trying to hit the update button and nothing would come through, nothing would come through. And I finally, on Thursday night, just wiped the device and then threw in the newest image that still has the same version number as the GM that they released the week before. But that one actually had the the App Store in it. Yeah, I think it was like 60 megabytes bigger or something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure why they didn't have a, a software update. Instead, they kept the same build number, which was odd. Because we're just developers, yeah. we can deal with it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> They did send out an email yeah. a few days later to explain how to get the update. Oh, yeah. It was a lot easier after that. <laughs> <laughs> the way I found out how to do it was I, there's a Twitter account I follow that whenever there's a new firmware update that Apple releases, it tweets out. Uh, and I saw that there was a new firmware update. And I'm like, wait, that's the same build number. And then 
Steve Trottensmith, who always seems to be at the forefront of all this stuff, was like, I'm installing all the apps. So I figured out what it was, <laughs> and I went and downloaded it and restored. <laughs> yeah. So prior to that, prior to having the App Store available, the Apple TV was fairly spartan um basic without a whole lot of functionality other than the very basic built-in apps like music tv shows movies from apple um settings so with without the app store we didn't have netflix or hulu or anything like that so you know those were probably the obvious ones that everybody went out and, and downloaded what other apps have you guys found that to improve the apple tv experience well, strangely enough, as a as an example of a pretty interesting app, the QVC app out there. You know, the, the same guys that sell all that stuff on their on that cable channel, QVC. So they they have a live feed, and whatever they're showing off, they have around in a kind of in a border around the video, more information about the product, which is pretty cool. It's like a little overlay, and then you can also just kind of search through and watch videos of other products. And it's really well done. I mean, not that I'm ever going to use that app or anything, but it's just a nice little app. It's a good, nice example of a good app. They did a great job on that, whoever it was that developed it. Maybe they'll have like a separate QVC channel that targets like Apple people and they'll have other stuff that makes sense for for you, Sam. Because <laughs> it's, it seems super convenient. I mean, at first I was like, what, the QVC app? But... Uh, it like completely makes sense. It's like, yeah, this is like the the best case scenario of of like an in-app purchase in in Apple TV or using Apple Pay. It's like it makes mm-hmm. complete sense. Yeah, it's a fairly intelligent way to do an app. I guess uh, all of the endless runners that I had already purchased on my phone showed up in my purchase list, so I downloaded like six of those. Uh, Alto's Adventure was the first one I I tried and. Uh, Jetpack Joyride was another one, but yeah, those those games are very simple. You just tap the button or whatever to to jump, and they work really well on Apple TV. Yeah, I kind of didn't jump on the Altos bandwagon when it first came out, and so I picked it up for the Apple TV. And yeah, it's, it's a fun enjoyable. game, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a what it's level well you done. have you unlocked to, Sam? Five, maybe. So, oh, you still just have Alto then? Right? Yeah, that's all. Okay. I have to well, get onto can... my TV to play. Well, no, you don't, because it's a universal app with your phone, and you can now download it on your phone and play wherever you want as well. True. I Do it, because you're... Well, maybe don't do it, because you'll be hooked, because it's a fun game, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little tired of those endless runners. Alto's Adventure has a good way, like their their achievements kind of keep you coming back for more. There's always like three achievements per level, and there's it's always like something, oh I could do that. I could do that real easy. I'll just do it right now. And it kept me playing for a long <laughs> time. Yeah. I did download Jetpack Joyride as well. I feel like that one is kind of getting dated. It's starting to feel old. It's probably yeah, it's what still, it's still a fun game. Or five. Like an iOS well, it came out before that, maybe? I think. Yeah, I think okay. it came out a long time ago. And it really doesn't look like they've updated anything in the user interface. But it still works. Works pretty well. Yeah. The version I downloaded, I guess, and you probably, I don't know if you've played it or not, but it had like a Back to the Future yep. version too. Yeah. It was a little bit cute, I guess. I'm getting hooked on all the Back to the Future stuff lately. I'm a giant fanboy, so <laughs> I definitely checked it out. Well, you did not use your Amazon app on your Apple TV to watch it lately. Did not, yeah. Well, it there, it won't come out for a while, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Prime for Prime members, they were showing all three for free on uh, Back to the Future Day. What was that? The 21st? Oh, okay. It was a 22nd, I think. Okay. I've already got them, though. I don't need... Yeah. I could already watch them. (laughs) That was not who they were targeting there. 
Yeah. Still no I, Amazon app. Yeah. And no Plex app, which you were going to say a little bit about. Yeah, I think we said it all. I mean, they're, they're on their third rejection, so they... I've seen lots of people tweet about how they're being very picky about certain uh, kind of UI guidelines. Like, there's a thing, like, if you have a game... Um, hitting menu when you're in gameplay or is supposed to like pause it but if you're on the main menu it'll take you back to the menu screen or something like that and there's an issue with like a game that doesn't have a separate menu screen so yeah where so people got rejected with one and then they changed it to the other and then they conflicted with the other other rule so there's some some of those mm-hmm. like human interface stuff that seems like people are still working through and i'm not sure if that's part of what's going on with the plex app since they're on their third rejection or <laughs> i don't know maybe we'll hopefully we'll get a write-up or something once it's completely out i'm just following along on they have like a forum post for the plex pass members or whatever and I've been following the progress hoping that it's released anytime but still still not there well, at least they're trying. Yeah. It's not yeah, like they're, oh, yeah, we should make an app. <laughs> it's yeah. it's almost done, apparently, as long as it gets approved. Yeah, we have no idea whether or not Amazon's going to even try to be on the new Apple TV, given their recent action. I've got to imagine that it's going to wait until, like, Apple's service comes out and they do really good I, I don't know what else would make them kind of change course we'll just look at the netflix app and then say oh well they're doing really well maybe we should be there too maybe we need to organize a campaign to get them to release an apple tv app maybe enough user back backlash will will do it yeah i'm sure they're getting emails already but more will will help sway that opinion and they've got the ipad app and the iphone app mm-hmm. it's, it's not like they are new to the platform it would just be whether or not they want to have their content on the apple tv yeah i read some something about a while back about some uh it was a hack day or hackathon over in the uk and the BBC had no intention of bringing anything to the Apple TV for a while. Mm-hmm. And so these, these guys actually just implemented a BBC iPlayer app in a hack day. And then I think it kind of did spur them on a little bit. BBC's got some stuff out there too now, right? Well, I think maybe they have their old, whatever their old apps were on Apple TV, but they have said that they are, they are going to work on a version of the iPlayer since those other people made it in seems like people want it so we just need to someone do a hack day and do the amazon app and we'll be good (laughs) that's that's a trick apparently and then we'll have to do a lawyer fee campaign donation for them or something yeah keep keep them out of jail well not jail bankruptcy court yeah so netflix app though is it's kind of buggy I see uh, multiple entries for the same uh, category, I guess you call it. Like my, the My List thing. I've got at least five of those in there right now. Now, there was a... It didn't look like there was an update that came through in the last day or two. At least I've got a blue dot next to the Netflix icon now. Oh. So maybe some of those issues have been addressed already. Yeah, I noticed I got a Hulu update too. It seems like they're being really quick about approving stuff if if it's just like a bug fix or something. Like people were saying they were even submitting new apps and it got approved within the hour. So they want to yeah. get these apps out there. There's it, Well, even for new apps, it's some of the people we know, they've gotten their stuff approved within a day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, saw someone that were, was approved within a few hours. Of submitting and others that have taken longer but they're they definitely seem to expedite most of the tvos apps 
it makes you wonder if like there's not as many apps as they expected there would be if that's well, part of the reason why they're being so aggressive about it i think that's probably part of it um i i feel like that's why we're not seeing genres as an option on the apple tv because there aren't enough apps for each genre yet yeah there's probably like two genres where there's enough apps and then other ones it's like oh, i don't know if there's any apps or maybe it's like one or two they're gonna have to have a genre for fireplace apps yeah i think it might need its own <laughs> I, I went through probably four or five different letters in the search so i just went to the search typed it c type b whatever yeah went through about four or five of those and within that short span counted more than a dozen fireplace apps but yeah that's really the only way to browse the apple tv store right now is go to search and just go letter by letter until you find stuff yeah yeah i think the folks that are on that front page right now are probably pretty happy yeah and everybody else is probably very upset yeah because <laughs> yeah. they might as well not be on the apple tv yeah and even uh even if you get to the search there's a trending uh list down at the bottom and that's mostly the same things that are on the front screen which isn't too surprising since the average consumer is not necessarily going to know what to look for right but it's kind of funny if that's if those are trending search topics and those are the same apps that are on the front screen are these people just not seeing them i don't know maybe i think we'll see that menu change in the next few weeks i think we'll we'll see genres show up before too long yeah well hopefully they implemented the app store and tvml and they can update that on a server real easily hopefully the other really egregious uh issue with that the app store that i think one of you guys was pointing out to me earlier is there's no app preview videos you would think a, a, a tv yeah you well it's not that it's not that the developers haven't put the videos out there i, I believe it's it's that there's not like a spot where you can even make them and it, the tv seems like the the perfect medium to have a, a preview video so yeah it's definitely definitely feels like a miss so maybe that'll be there soon too it's it's weird that you know maybe maybe it was the software that was holding them back there's just so much stuff to do maybe it wasn't content deals those parallax icons are tricky stuff yeah, this is <laughs> this is very true. They're kind of cool. They're cool. I've already seen people um, turning that feature off, though. There is a <laughs> setting apparently where you can turn it off if it's too jarring. Hmm. Oh, bummer. I, I I barely notice it until I'm kind of just wiggling around on the touchpad a little bit to just play with the icons. Yeah, my wife mentioned that. Uh, the icon that's selected is only slightly bigger than the others, so it's kind of hard to tell which one's selected unless you kind of start moving it around a bit. Yeah. So while we're complaining about stuff with the Apple TV, um, maybe it's just like a perfect storm of the remote app update is not yet out, which it's beyond me why this is it's been like three or four days since the app store launched and the TV shipped. There's still no remote update. So hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, it's there, but the input is horrible. Like the, you just get this one giant line to type in letters. And it seems like it's even a step back from the old Apple TV entering text. The old Apple TV, you could actually pair a Bluetooth keyboard to it. And then yeah, you type can't in stuff if you wanted to. And I've seen some people say that there's no support. I thought I saw someone say that if you have like the brand new uh, Apple keyboard that it can pair. So I'm not sure exactly what the deal with that with that is. But um, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I found like swiping on the touchpad, if I'm trying to narrow in just on one letter, I keep going past it when I'm trying to like stop and get to it. Although I did find out that you can just 
do a tap tap on the touchpad, not a click, but like a tap, like yeah, in the directions, the and that'll move you up, down, left, and right. Um, but like, why is it a straight line? Why wouldn't they like do two or three lines like the old input so that you, there's less taps to get to any specific icon? Or even a square know. grid. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of kind of odd. No. I did read that you can hit the play pause button to toggle between uppercase and lowercase. Oh, that's which is handy. And you can long press to get a delete uh, a backspace key, apparently. So fun random input mm. tips for you guys, but it's still horrible. And maybe it like I'm never gonna do input on the Apple TV. Except for like right when I get it and I'm entering all my passwords into my apps. On iOS, it took Apple nine versions before they got the keyboard <laughs> to, to be about right. <laughs> I think at this point, it's pretty good. That that whole changing the case of the letters on the keypad, um, that, that took a while to figure out, I think. Yeah. But now I, I I think it's a pretty functional keyboard. So, That's fair. So we'll see <laughs> iterations on the keyboard, I'm sure, on the Apple TV. But so why isn't the remote app update out? Is there huh? some reason you guys can think of? Stuck in app review? <laughs> could be. Uh, could be part of iOS 9.2. Hard to say. Or it just got rejected. <laughs> Not enough functionality. <laughs> <laughs> now to the it. third party uh, game controllers work with the new Apple TV. Yeah. Alex, you have one, don't you? I do. They work. Um, although I haven't used it that much. I actually just kind of as experiment, I've been trying to play all the games just with a Siri remote. And so the first game I tried was Disney Infinity because I'm like, there's no way this is going to play with the, with a Siri remote. Um, and so what it turns out Disney Infinity 3.0 is for the uh, Apple TV is just a very one one level from the game. I'm not even sure if it's like the exact same thing in the console game, but you're you're flying uh, an X-wing on the the Battle of. What is it? The one with the Death Star. Yeah. Which one is that? Yeah. The bat first one. Yeah. I think that's the one it is. But you so you fly around, you 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 dodge some TIE fighters, you shoot them. So you're dodging stuff, you're you're shooting some enemies, you're helping your other guys out. And you can actually do all that stuff with the Siri remote. It uses the accelerometer to kind of steer your X Wing. Uh, you hit the play pause button to shoot and then there's some like gestures you can do to like do a barrel roll to the left or the right or like just kind of uh, turn and, and do kind of tight turns so actually worked okay like I think it I, I need to play this with my game controller but I think it would work a lot better with that but it's still actually playable I'm just not sure if that'll work for everything all the games that require it i noticed one game uh, space age didn't like me to have the controller turned on and connected as well as with the the siri remote i the had to turn controller? off the controller <laughs> yeah it, i couldn't move on the screen at all because oh, you had the game controller plugged in it wanted you to use that well i was trying both and <laughs> neither one were working correctly yeah, that's them, weird. Both of them on. So I turned off the, the game controller and the remote worked fine. And did you try uh, multiplayer with Crossy Roads? Love it. <laughs> My son and I were playing it together. Uh, he he's kind of he was he's kind of past Crossy Road. And he wasn't really interested in playing it with me. And I conned him into it and we w we didn't put it down for at least a half an hour or longer. 
So what did you use? Your game controller and your Siri remote? Well, you actually yeah. use the... You can use the game on the device to play multiplayer, I believe. That's what they showed in, in the keynote. Are you I sure that's not that. the remote app that's not updated? <laughs> that, that was the impression that I got, is that you could use a remote app for all that stuff. But maybe that, it is That's what I thought, app. but uh, one of my kids was using the iPad and the other one was using the Siri remote. And they okay. were playing together huh. for a while. Okay. Uh, so I wonder if... that actually worked. Okay, I wonder if they'll even support the remote as a game controller if you're expected to implement that in your app. That was not clear as a developer to me. Yeah, yeah, I didn't pick up on the, that as an option to be able to play hmm. from within the app on the device. Um, well, they don't make it easy because no. the Apple TV doesn't TV OS doesn't support the, the multi-peer connectivity stuff. Yeah, so are, are you just making a network connection to your app and? They must be. I saw there's another app. Uh, it's called Sketch Party TV. It's like a Pictionary thing for your Apple TV. And the viewer came out for that. Uh, and I think they kind of describe the same way. It, it connects to your to your app somehow and just displays things rather than having to airplay the screen. But, huh, I wonder if there's... I'm going to have to look into that more. Next week, we'll follow up. <laughs> yeah, that creates a whole new kind of dynamic or dimension to... Uh, using the Apple TV with apps on the devices. I mean, you still need to support the Siri remote, but now you can have that kind of second screen experience in a way. Yeah, and to be fair, you could have done that as well. Just maybe a little bit more laggy. Have a more a little bit more laggy experience by using the old Apple TV in AirPlay. I did some experimentation with that at one point. It works okay. But AirPlay is always iffy. So to actually have a, an app to kind of host a game would be nice. It's just that they don't give that easy discoverability anymore. I think what Apple recommends is you actually have to kind of drop down to the Bonjour level. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to warrant a deeper dive. Maybe we can discuss it in a future episode if we have some time to play around with that approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. But, you know, I, I think generally I've been pretty happy with the Apple TV and the apps. And in some ways I feel like I'm now back to where I was with the old Apple TV. I've got the, the, the apps that I used before and now I've got access to a whole bunch of new ones. Um, but but those those apps that the stock apps that were there before are now better because they have more capabilities than they had before. At least the ones I've used. But I'm I'm really hoping that the that app developers aren't discouraged by the lack of discoverability, and uh, and back off of bringing their apps to the Apple TV because I think there's plenty of opportunities still there to make some great apps well the apple is still kind of saying that this is not a primary platform for them was it eddie q did they set it at their earnings call it's still a hobby i think eddie q mentioned it as at, during an interview he said something yeah. like it's still a peripheral device or right it's not a primary thing for them well for well, for them is different than for people making apps for it because I mean, there's no way they're going to have the margins that you have on iPhones or even Macs or iPads. I mean, it's just I not in know. the cart <laughs> on this on Apple TV. Well, maybe if everyone buys 40 remotes, then <laughs> they'll make as much money. Considering that a replacement remote is $80, seems like. They've got quite the, the margins on that. They were even selling a wrist strap for somewhere like around twenty dollars. So I don't know. I, when I saw that at the Apple Store, it kind of made me feel bad. It's like I thought, oh, I'm spending one hundred fifty dollars on you know maybe it's a fifty dollar remote and a hundred dollar Apple TV. 
No, the remote is almost half the cost of the actual Apple TV. Yeah, I mean, Apple doesn't sell stuff for cheap. That's just not the kind of company they are. Right. It's it's not like the video game console makers where they're like, all right, we're going to sell at a loss, and then we're going to make up for it in app sales or game sales in their case. I mean, that's not that's not Apple's motto with hardware. They make money on the devices, and then anything else they make is just like icing on the cake. Yeah, they're definitely a hardware company, even though they have a lot of software. I don't think it's out of the ordinary, I guess, I'm, is what I'm just trying to say in terms of how much money they're making off of these things. Yeah, but I do like the remote more than than the previous remote, and even better than... So I, I have a Nexus player from Google as well. That remote feels kind of cheap. The uh, I have a Fire Stick as well, and that remote doesn't feel too bad. But this this one definitely topped all of them. Yeah, it's definitely like a high quality remote. Although one of the issues that I've had, I don't know about you guys, is like it's exactly symmetrical. All the buttons are in the same spot. So if I just pick it up, I don't know if the touchpad is at the top or if it's at the bottom. Yeah, like I expect that the smooth glassy surface would be where I'm touching because it's like a phone screen. But Mm -hmm. instead it's that rough plastic piece at the real top but it's yeah. not oh. it's not a huge difference it's it's kind of subtle the the feel of it so you know you've got to kind of try both ends a couple of times before you figure out which way you're holding it yeah a quick funny story about this so it's it's hard enough for me to notice but my my two-year-old had the remote and he was watching inside out earlier today um but he has he's holding it upside down so every time he moved around, he would like pause the video and move it around <laughs> like and then he turns back and looks at at me and my wife and says, "Mama, Dad, stop that." Like he thinks we're like messing with the video and it's actually him. <laughs> and we're not able to communicate that that's what's going on. We couldn't find a way to do it yet. So he was just getting super frustrated, but trolling himself. Yeah, it does does not pass the just works for a two-year-old test yet. <laughs> yeah. You can use your iPad, but not your Apple remote. Yeah, maybe yeah. I need to get that strap so that you can tell the difference between the top and the bottom. Maybe that's the <laughs> trick. I need to make it a $100 remote. <laughs> yeah. It would be different, too, if the touchscreen surface didn't overlap with some of the buttons. Because the menu and the home screen, home button... They're they're inside that same plastic, and not in the glass with the volume up and in the Siri button. So that to me that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm not the only one who's noticed this. Then <laughs> it's not a yeah. deal breaker or anything, but it was just kind of a. <laughs> I'm sure they did that so it would look really nice and pretty and stuff. And Johnny Ive can go to sleep soundly knowing that that the remote looks really good. <laughs> So now you can create a Siri remote case that'll give you a, a grip at the bottom so you know which way to hold it. All right, oh, yeah. we can't release the episode until my uh, Kickstarter's out. <laughs> There's probably a 3D printer design out there already. Yeah. Plus you need the remote to be bigger anyway so you know, uh, so you, you don't lose it in the couch. That was the... <laughs> I stopped using the old... Apple TV remotes because they just slip in to the couch and or would get lost somehow uh, with the kids. So mm-hmm. I used uh, this TV remotes and programmed them for the Apple TV. But then I lose all the functionality of the Siri remote. Yeah, you don't get your Siri button with that. You can't say, hey, what did he say? Which is probably like the biggest new feature of the Apple TV outside of the App Store is the Siri integration. But she's lacking. Like, in iOS, you can tap on the little microphone button in a text text input field and do a voice recognition and to input into that field. And Siri won't do that. So one, one thing I noticed is that most apps 
they kept their universal nature. They didn't try to sell two versions of it. But there are there are a few out there. That does not commute, guys. They, they created a was it wasn't that a game of the year? Where they got some. I think it won a Apple Design Award. Yeah, it's a really solid game. It is, yeah. But they did not keep a universal SKU. They they have a separate purchase for theirs. That they have does not commute TV. I'm wondering where the trend's going to go with that. Whether people are going to have two two SKUs or they're going to just keep a solid or a single one. Yeah, it's hard to say, and I I don't know if that factored into whether or not Apple featured the app or not. I know what I'm thinking is if I can figure out how to get video ads into my app, then I'll do a universal SKU. But if not, then I don't feel like I should give it away for free. So, Right, because you're primarily ad-supported. Right, and maybe that's just kind of my my ads but it, like if, if there's not some reason that you're getting money from your app whether they're paying a subscription like the hulus or the netflixes or the amazons or whatever it seems like that you got to make them pay for the work to to create the other app i don't know although if it's if it's easy as some of the sprite kit games then it's also not a big deal yeah we're not so saying just do it we're we're not seeing ten or thirty dollar apps either. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still like five dollars or less. At least most of the ones I saw. Some of the games were ten dollars. They definitely weren't thirty dollars. But some of the ones that came over from other platforms, they've been ten dollars or more. Which I think having like something in the thirty dollar price range would you know, help bring some of those console-level games over, at least, you know, at least kind of Wii-level games over to the Apple TV. Speaking speaking of those games, um, did you guys ever run into any of the games or apps where you needed to download additional content for? The on-demand resources? Yeah, the on-demand resources. Well, I've noticed that some are a little bit slow to load up, like Jetpack Joyride was slow to load up the first time around. Yeah, that could have been on-demand resources. Uh, two of the first apps I tried, though, had that Disney Infinity was a quick initial download, and then you go in, and it's literally like a it was like a 20 or 30-minute loading screen, which was Ooh. really off-putting. I felt like I was like playing on a like a PlayStation back in the day, where it was... I mean, the, the way it was loading all this stuff from the actual CD, but it was yeah. not a good experience. And I I was like, oh, this sucks. And I, I hooked my Apple TV up to Ethernet and then tried some more apps. And the, the speed increase from that may have helped some too. But yeah, it's it seems like a weird... Like the, the storage limitation is not so good for for user experience when you have to download like a gigabyte or something to to play a game that you just downloaded and you thought was all the way there <laughs> there's another app i ran across this with too it was it was like this uh music app so it had they have all these classical uh music pieces and you can like you you see a video of an orchestra performing it and then you actually I uh, can like look at the score and it'll follow along with the score. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but I'll put it in the show notes whenever I find it. But that had the same issue. And I'm like, oh, this makes me really not want to use this app. And I, I could see it really putting people off. Well, for that kind of app, I would expect to stream the video anyway. Yeah, but there's all these other resources apparently they had to download for... Uh, like the score and stuff, I guess. And it took a kind of annoyingly long time to download that stuff. Hmm. I wonder what all those fireplace apps are actually doing then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although if, if you loop it pretty tightly, I imagine you could keep the download under the 200 megabytes pretty easily. I would think so. 
Although, do you get... There's a different limit for the on-demand resources versus the actual App Store download, isn't there? Do you guys know what they are off the top of your heads? The app itself is 200 meg, right? I don't know if there's more to it than that, as but I far think as the on-demand part goes. I think the on-demand resources, you can have, maybe they can be bigger, they can be up to like two gigs or something like that each. Yeah, I don't remember them specifying a limit on the on-demand, but there's probably sure there is one. a practical aspect of it of how long you yeah. have to wait for it to download. Yeah. Well, we've been, we've been going on for a long time uh, complaining slash uh, proselytizing on, on Apple TV. Uh, so I think that's all the time we have uh, for this week, and we'll, we'll probably talk more Apple TV and some other stuff uh, next week. But for now, why don't you guys tell me where you, we can find you on Twitter? I'm at AJ Robinson. And I'm at Sam Quarter. And I'm at Alex Argo. And the podcast is at Shared Inst. We also have an email address, sharedinstancepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing your feedback. We do appreciate any ratings and reviews that you leave for us. It does help other people to find our podcast. Thanks, guys. We do have some app submissions uh, that are in the queue that we just didn't get time to get to today. So give us more of those, though. So... We don't not have them next time. Yeah, we will get to you next week. Promise.